Hello there, I'm Ed Goodman and welcome to the Freelance Heroes podcast, where this week I'm chatting with Annika Hicks, one of the founders of Excluded UK, set up to support the far too many uh, freelancers and self-employed who have been excluded by the government's support packages uh, offered because of the COVID-19 situation. Uh, Annika paints a stark picture of what life has been like for her members in our chat uh, and uh, also what it's been like on her and her business too. Uh, it is quite powerful. Uh, it is quite inspiring too, uh, I would say. So I shall dwell no more and invite you to listen intently to Annika Hicks. Enjoy. <laughs> Annika Hicks has uh, joins me this morning. Good morning, Annika. Uh, you have a wealth of marketing experience. Um, currently, uh, Cloud One Hundred One, which is uh, inbound marketing. I hope I've got that right. Um, but you'll yeah. tell us more in a moment. Um, but that's not why I want to talk to you today, um, because today we're talking about the vast number of self-employed who have been excluded from the government's relief packages since COVID uh, uh, started um, earlier this year. It seems bizarre to think that we're still talking about this year. I feel like COVID has been around since about the mid-90s, um, the way yeah. we talk about it, um, but thankfully not. Um, so good morning. How, how's, um, good. I mean, <laughs> ex uh, excluded aside, how's lockdown been for you? Busy. <laughs> Busy. Being a um yeah, being a teacher has been interesting. Um working in the same office as my other half, it also interesting. Um yeah, <laughs> difficult. <laughs> Everything going on. Do you I mean I know I'm I'm kind of jumping the gun with this one a bit. Do you ever feel that you regret take because I can't imagine finding starting an organization um such as excluded uk is ever going to be um a a, a side hustle uh, a term i've never really enjoyed but anyway that's a different story yeah. um so do you ever at any point regret starting it <laughs> um personally i mean the, the amount of time it takes of my personal life i haven't seen my son my other half any of my family for the last five months pretty much 14, 16 hours a day, every waking hour is excluded. Do I regret it? Absolutely not. Um, I think what we've achieved and the response from the community is what drives us on. Um, I'm, I'm not really a people person, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I, I really like hiding away in my office and not talking to anyone for days on end. Um, and this has changed all of that and some. Uh, but no, don't don't regret it for a, for a minute. Um, I, I, I wish it didn't take up quite so much of my life. <laughs> um, but what we're doing for other people is, is, you know, it's fantastic. It's 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 better than any money you could you could pay me. It really is. Well, the, the reward is great. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I want to um, I want to, um, to to come to that in a moment. Um, I completely I added a digit to um, to um, your uh, main job um, and called you Cloud 101, which is Cloud 10 marketing. So I just wanted to tell me a bit more about who you are before we go into excluded. Uh, help us understand who Annika Hicks is before we get to 
why and what and and how excluded works um okay well i started in traditional advertising advertising sales actually um selling newspaper adverts to my local community um got a bit annoyed with the graphic design department not putting the adverts together quick enough so taught myself some graphic design um ended up putting together you know double page spreads and special features and all sorts of things that led to then making some amazing friends in the local community who I ended up then taking on building their websites for them you know 15 years ago when when no one had a website I was there finishing my day job and uh sitting in the local pub with a load of local business people um talking about how we can build their websites and get them on radio and do more than just newspaper advertising you know um and then i i I ended up working for a a local radio station um within six months of working there uh the we we were we were told that it was going to be sold uh it was up for sale um so we had a bit of a crazy idea to do a management buyout and um, <laughs> me and two two of our colleagues decided to put, put a pound in, in, in each and, uh, and we ended up with a radio station a few months after that, um, which was interesting. Uh, I sold back my shares, I think, two years in, um, bought my first Apple Mac. Um, had a, a huge local network and community so ended up you know just just helping everybody with their marketing um I got married uh to a a chef um who wanted to set up a, a pub um and a few weeks after that we were running a local pub uh and I was doing the marketing on the side there's a pattern here, isn't there? <laughs> a massive pattern, and and because <laughs> you jump because I now know when I get when I get to excluded and go why and um, did you start excluded? You've already answered it because there was a barrier in your way and you did something about it. Yeah, jump into something with two feet and and deal with the consequences later. Um, very much. Um, yeah. So so when 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 we when we opened the pub, um, we had a, a newspaper that on the day we opened said that uh, eight pubs a day were closing in the UK. Um, We made it a huge success. Um, I did a bit of freelancing in, whilst I was working in in the pub. So I was kind of at night, I was was landlady. And then during the day I was marketing person still. Um, Landed an amazing contract for an IT company halfway across the country that I had a half an hour telephone interview with, never met them. <laughs> it was, I think, nine months or so before I'd met them in person. Um, so became their marketing director in the IT world, got sort of swallowed into the IT world and everyone that, that's in IT industry will know that everyone, once you're in, you're in. Everyone knows everybody. Um, so yeah, I ended up you know, freelancing for a bit, ended up then getting another contract. Um, so I needed a bit of help. So I worked with some other freelancers and we ended up kind of accidentally starting an agency. Um, it was never my intention. I was quite happy doing four days a week, you know, 
contracts, that was fine. But we needed to make it more of a, a formal entity, so we did. Um, and it's kind of gone from there. That was that. That sort of brings me to what four or five years ago. That's when Cloud Ten started. Um, we were marketing specialists for the IT industry. Um, so we'd go in and put marketing programs in and set up automation and set up email campaigns and do all the graphic design and do all of the ad spend and everything. Um, and I'm always, I'm still too hands on. <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to I don't think that's ever going to change. No. No, and then and then here we are. So so and then, here we are then in, the in dreaded COVID happened. So let's get to this yeah, point then. I was, so um, COVID hit us at the start of this year, and um, our chancellor, who'd been in the job for a matter of weeks, was I think the common term is thrown into the deep end, um, and obviously yeah. had to had to produce uh, a rescue package. Um, before we get to the rescue packages, when it hit and we were told to lock down, what mm. impact did that have on Cloud 10? Uh, we lost 95% of our business overnight. And how yeah. many are there? How many are there in Cloud 10? Uh, so I employ two. Um, but there were um, five or six other self-employed freelancers um, that we work with on a retained basis. Um, it was hard, really hard. I had a, a call from my sort of key account, I suppose. I was I was acting marketing director for, for them. They worked in the telecoms industry. Um, you know, 70% of their business is, is, is based on calls and minutes. And uh, the moment of lockdown, those calls and minutes were not happening for businesses. <laughs> Everyone went online. Uh, everything stopped overnight. Um, so that was a call, a very difficult call. And it was, a, you know, I'm really sorry, we're going to have to furlough 70% of our staff and you're a contractor and that's not going to look very good if you know and and I know we're in contracts and all of that sort of thing but we didn't think it was going to last that long you know we all just thought we were going to have a month off <laughs> um, genuinely yeah genuinely genuinely thought we were going to have a month off um so the key contract you know I made sure that the, that the invoices were going to be paid and I, I had I was we were really successful you know the, the, the business was successful um high profit we had a, a lot in the bank we were we were increasing year on year um but yeah so so we lost the, the the key contract overnight swiftly followed by the other three or four um who you know all called within within 48 hours the difficult conversation you know annika we we, we like many others don't know what our business holds temporarily we need to pause everything um can you still help us with the odd bit here and there when we want it but it's going to have to be on an ad hoc basis until we will know what's going on and that was that um i was mortified i hit ground zero really did i was really worried for my staff um 
I had two people due to start with me on the 1st of April. Um, and as a small business, you know, and a control freak, <laughs> finding the right people for me and making that investment in the company was really, really tough. It took months and months and months to find the right people. Um, and I had to have those conversations with them. You know, the contract I've just offered you, I can't offer you right now. I'm really sorry. One of them had left their other job. Left. Um, the freelancers, you know, a couple of them I work with who we have on retained contracts are overseas. Um, a couple of them are, are British. Um, and we're able to quite happily <laughs> go off and get their self-employment income support scheme. Um, and I've had a couple of video calls with them and they're very well tanned. And they've got new cars and all sorts. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, that the moment that, that that lockdown happened was disastrous for us. I was I was crushed. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I've been a I've been a conservative supporter for years. Really, <laughs> the um, the party of small business. Um, I wasn't overwhelmed when Boris Johnson got the top spot but you know <laughs> I liked his personality he had a sense of humour got to give him a go the alternative was awful but you know I was behind him <laughs> the political landscape was generally an unattractive place uh, I yeah. think um, for, yeah. for a variety <laughs> of reasons uh, so when then um, Rishi Sunak announced the furlough scheme so he pumped 75 billion pounds into the economy to say that we will pay 80 percent of your staff's wages mm. and you know that was for a, a time scale that's been extended now till october 2020 what did you before we get to the the um the self-employed side of that how did you feel when he announced that because were you annoyed by uh, positively negatively did you feel that this was a positive step Right. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I, I was. Um, you know, the 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 daily meetings that they did, and we were they were planned into the Alexa. We'd all stand around in the kitchen whilst making the dinner, and you know, listen to what's what's going to happen. And we knew that this twenty third of March um, meeting was coming up and being led by the Chancellor, and uh, it was gonna it was gonna change everything, and everyone everyone was going to get looked after and no one would be left behind and it was eagerly anticipated uh yeah and he came on and he said that's what he was going to do and he's going to look after everybody and no business and you know taxi drivers and self-employed people and if you've tried and worked hard we're going to look after you and I cried with relief I cried sobbed stupidly <laughs> I'm, um, su I'm suspecting it wasn't that long before more tears flowed for the opposite reason. <clears throat> no, I, I had a few discussions that weekend with some other um, you know, friends, community businesses, um, because I was so convinced listening to him that we were all going to be protected, that the business was going to be okay. You know, despite us having no income for 95% of our income had gone overnight, that gave me the hope that actually we're just going to 
put everything into hibernation temporarily and our government were going to look after us all. Um, and yeah, we, th there were, there were uh, you know, discussions on Facebook pages and all sorts of things where people said, oh, it doesn't apply to us. And I, I, I was commenting, I said, no, of course it does. He said so. He said, and I'm, you know, I, I've got clips of all the things and I put them on their Facebook, <laughs> on, on all of their comments and say, look, listen, he's, he's, he means it. And then I found out. <laughs> so when did you realise that that wasn't the case? Oh, probably, probably within the first week after that first meeting. You know, I think everyone was, well, I certainly was, I was very complacent. I was, I was convinced we were all going to be looked after and, you know, we could, we could take a few, a few weeks off. The sun, the sun was out. It was nice weather. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my, my son was off school. Great opportunity. Let's spend some time together and sort the paperwork side of it out at the end of the month. You know, what was this? Yeah, a week before the end of the month. So we don't have to worry about it. You know, we had invoices coming in and that was fine. And we just wait for the end of the month stuff. And there we go. But um, no, very quickly. It all, the more I looked into it, the more, I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. The furlough scheme's fantastic. And I wouldn't have been able to keep my staff without it. That's been that's that's enabled my staff to retain their jobs, and that's been amazing. Um, I topped them up to 100%. Um, I kept the self-employed guys on, you know, minimum 10, 10 hours, so I could keep them on and, and keep them retained, and they were they were pretty happy. Um, I didn't get anything, but <laughs> I'm, I, I'm okay. I look after myself. Um, yeah, I, 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 I cried with relief. It was, it was all good. Um, yeah, the, the gutting part was just me, me not getting anything really, but you know. No, well, we're going to come <laughs> to that. Because, so his initial announcement when he talked about the furlough scheme didn't include self-employed people. There was no mention yeah. towards the support for the self-employed. Were you mm. surprised that he didn't mention it at that point or were you confident at the time that is, were you confident? It's okay. He's got. He's going to. He's going to do that in another announcement. He doesn't want to announce too much now. He'll do that in the coming days or weeks. Or did you think he'd completely forgotten about us? Um, I think the. Uh, I don't remember thinking he'd completely forgotten about anybody at that point. I think I was still really convinced. You know, based on his initial, no one's going to be left behind. That you know, let's take care of the businesses first. And the, the employees, um, which I was really relieved about. And then wait and see what happens. And, and there was more coming down the line. So then uh, within a week or two, uh, in fact, mm. there was there was lots of petitions going around because this gap between the furlough scheme and the self-employment income support scheme was some delay. I think that was a few weeks between, I don't know exactly how many, but you know, to the point where there was this, there were petitions after petitions flying around going, hang on a second, what, what about the 4.8 million as a statistically reported self-employed people? So before he, did you start, so, you know, you've started Excluded UK, we know that, but did you, did you start any action yourself before the self-employment income support scheme was announced? Um, I think as a director, um, 
there was there there were gaps to be honest with you I mean so so I've always I guess referred to myself as self-employed um although I'm uh, formally I'm not um as a director of a limited company that excluded me from the furlough scheme despite me paying myself PAYE so that was my first issue I suppose I suppose that's where I, I concentrated my initial frustration <laughs> um you know in the in the my staff were looked after and I could process a furlough payment for them um yet I couldn't process a furlough payment for me unless I wanted to completely stop working on the five percent of the business that I had left <laughs> so so to keep those those customers retained over this pause period I had this little bit of ad hoc work that I could get done obviously all of my staff are now on furlough so they can't do it I had to do it which meant I couldn't furlough myself because as a director if you furlough yourself you can't put anything into revenue generating activity and that was my issue what the hell what <laughs> why would you why would you prevent directors of companies from from working on their business in this period to pay themselves so the reason that of course that all these people are are employed is because of people like you employing them yeah so it it was that uh, again a bit of a, a facebook thing i guess and i was searching around thinking this can't be right this can't this can't there's got to be something i'm missing here and there was a group that was put together, um, Forgotten Limited, uh-huh. um, that I found, and I joined. And there was about 300 people in that group, I think, at the time. Um, and there was all of a sudden lots of people just like me. <laughs> I thought I was alone, and there they all were in this little group. Um, so we, uh, speak, speaking to the admins of, of the, the founders of that, um, offered my services said I'm pretty bored and got nothing to do I can't I can't pay myself anything so I might as well do what I love can I help so ended up jumping on marketing with that in the early days um we managed to get that to six five and a half six thousand or so followers um some good political activity early on I suppose um, but mainly it was awareness. It was, you know, there are a huge, huge number of company owners who do the employment thing <laughs> um, that are being left out here. And that was just ridiculous. Um, to me, at that stage, because of the situation I'm in personally, you know, with employing so many different people self-employed people I employed and the new starters that I've just suffered with so much guilt I think overwhelming guilt of not being able to take them on you know not not being not being financially uh secure enough Mm. to take on two new people when you didn't have any business coming in (laughs) Um, and that's, I guess, why I stepped away from it, Forgotten Limited, 
and with a couple of the other people I'd met within that group, we decided that we wanted to do more the same sort of thing, but for the wider um, cause, I suppose. Um, you know, there were obviously a lot of other groups out there fighting for their individual um, campaigns. And what we wanted to do was bring together the entire community of all of those groups so that they could focus on all of their campaigns individually. But as a community of people, humans, <laughs> not, you know, we don't care whether you're self-employed or, or limited company or, or new starter, really. It's about everybody that's been affected by this. Um, and that was our passion and goal, you know, and we knew, I think, at that stage that this wasn't going to be an overnight fix. Um, you know, although there'd been some changes and some new schemes added, there was still a huge amount of people that were going to have to get through this somehow. Um, so, yeah, really I mean, it's well, so then, of course, there was the self-employment income support scheme, which supported everyone. Mm -hmm. Unless you paid mm. yourself primarily through dividends and gave yourself a low salary, yeah. or yeah. you had registered self-employed within about 18 months of the announcement being made, therefore had insufficient proof of earnings that the government therefore could support. Now, yeah. why do you think the government did that? Because you've said it yourself, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of self-employed people who just like you take and I'm making an assumption here a low wage as PAYE and then your income comes from the profits of the business mm -hmm. so either way you're still playing by the rules of taxation um, you're mm -hmm. paying your tax why do you feel that the government over and can because they haven't rectified it since then continues to overlook the self-employed in 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 that sense i wish i knew i wish I knew. it's uh, it's baffling to be honest when you look at the reality of what's out there you know people that set up limited companies you know speaking from from my point of view they set up limited companies for a number of different reasons and <laughs> I can assure you, it is not for tax purposes. <laughs> it's it's for security purposes. You know, um, the way that people pay themselves is completely above board. That the reason I took a, a small salary and a dividend is because I'm growing an agency. You know, I didn't know from from one month to the next whether we'd be able to. You know, whether we'd lose a client, whether we'd take one on. I needed to know that I could retain my staff and retain my overheads. And you know what? If I couldn't take a wage out of out of it that month, I didn't. I'd go I'd go three or four months on 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 my you know PAYE element of it because my passion is about growing the business. So like 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 so many others, growing the business, employing, delivering high quality for my clients getting the right people involved so just to be clear you didn't start excluded uk from a yacht moored in monaco i wish 
um so what would you so now we know that you're right there have been alterations to this scheme since it was launched um but nothing's really changed the situation is still the same that directors who pay themselves a low salary through paye and primarily through dividends are unsupported are excluded so you then decided let's let's start excluded talk me through those early stages of why you started it kind of when you did go decide right this is what i'm going to do what what was the purpose of it what was your goal the goal was to bring everybody together really to to try and take the 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 community through these uncertain times um you know we've got such a strong community anyway that there's people from all, all walks of life and, and and what was really important to me is that the kind of people that had been excluded have never been excluded before if that makes sense <laughs> you know just just by their 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 core you know the majority of those people the, the self-employed the limited company directors the people going for career progression you know changing jobs they're really driven, passionate, hardworking, successful people who have always fought for themselves, supported themselves, and have never asked for anything. You know? mm. And all of a sudden, they're finding themselves as, a, as an underclass of society. You know, and, and I mentioned before that the guilt that I, fa- that I felt as a company owner knowing that I was I was going to have to let new members of the team down. You know, I was going to have to make those calls and tell people that I couldn't pay them this month or they might not have a job to come back to. It was all of those people and all of that feeling that we wanted to bring together. Because being excluded, you are completely unique. You can't have these kind of conversations with your friends and family units because three in ten of them are now better off than they were <laughs> before lockdown um martin lewis had said that i think on one of his programs and we are that minority we are one in ten people so every conversation that we are going to be having with anybody that we're talking to in a business or a personal environment they're not going to understand and i think that's where the real purpose of bringing everybody together came from for us is that there's really is strength in community in discussion in you know not feeling alone and just bringing everyone into one and having everybody understand each other's difficulties and exclusions all of a sudden you're not alone you're not that one in ten you are ten in ten and you're all having the conversation and you all know what's going on and you're all deathly passionate about fighting for each other. And that is just the strength in that is incredible. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think this will surprise a few people because I know when I, I mean, I felt it when I first saw it before I, I joined your group and, and understood more about it. But I think there's going to be a few people who feel Excluded UK has been to galvanise the community. but as for a political purpose of hold of getting the government to change so i'm assuming that is the case 
um, that you're doing that too. So uh, I think it will surprise people that it's it's the community is more the the, the kind of foundation stone of of excluded UK rather than the, the political side of it. So what would you if you did have now? I did this a few weeks ago when we were talking to museum freelance and said what would you know before uh, we talked about what we'd like um the chancellor to do with the uh, cultural sector and within 24 hours changes were made so this podcast has power um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um if uh, if rishi if rishi sinak is listening to this what would you like to say to him in terms of the actions you'd like him to take to listen to listen to reality you know um no no one no one's on a two hundred thousand pound salary I can tell you um to to to, to listen to reality to, to be more in touch with reality you know mm-hmm. to, to, yeah. to listen to, to the stories these are human beings these are families this isn't about business you know it's not really it's not it's not about economy as much as you know we we contribute so much towards it it's about human <laughs> care it's the families that have been affected by this that people are losing their homes we've lost members of the community they're they're they're, they're losing their homes they're losing their cars they've lost their careers some of them they've lost the livelihoods the family businesses that they've put together they've lost the savings for their future and many of that you know m- many of the self-employed the savings for their future are their pension <laughs> you know this is these are these are these are assets for the future I mean the reason I've been able to survive so long is because I was going to buy a house in March I put a deposit down on a house on the 13th of March I retracted that <laughs> you know that that was my future that was my asset in the bank gone so many people have got to start again and I think when you're so exhausted and you're seeing so many others in society have been able to get through this, simply seeing what could have been done with a fair across the board solution for everybody would open eyes, I think. There will um, be, I have no doubt, a huge number of people listening to this just saying yes that's me I'm there I'm that person who who aren't part of the community yet but we'll come back to that in a moment there will also be I'm sure some people I don't know if it's a large number or a small number I'm hoping the latter who are negative towards your stance um so will feel well if you paid yourself through PAY you wouldn't be in this situation or might feel that if you relax the rules too much, you're potentially rewarding those who have kind of looked to flout taxation laws or have been a bit lax in in submitting their returns on times. You're rewarding them if you relax the rules too much. So what do you say to to, to those people? We're all UK taxpayers, though. Mm. <laughs> you know why 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 is our tax contributions worth less than anybody else's i don't understand we've all yeah, paid, paid into the system and we're all going to pay into the system for a long time to come and probably a lot more because of it um but the the the, the, 
this game should have been fair in the first place. You know, it should have been fair for everybody. Everybody deserved the same support. The problem we've got now is that there are already schemes that are being abused. So in terms of, you know, the, the fraudulent element, the, this, the, the bounce back loan scheme, I mean, three questions. How much did you earn last year? How much would you like? Can you confirm the above is correct? And if that's not open to fraud, I don't know what is. They're already two questions, really. The third one doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) They're already making plans to 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 know what to do with the people that can't pay that money back. You know, and that's we're we're all going to have to pay for that going forward. The, the, The eat out to help out scheme. I've just learned this week that the the uh, the claim form for restaurants um, and people taking part in this to claim back the uh, the fifty percent off from the government. Guess what the questions are? Oh, I dread to think. Go on. How many people are you claiming for? What's your total claim amount? Can you confirm this is correct? So you don't need to submit your no. till receipts. Your no. your uh... Right. So ultimately, that could easily be abused. Yeah, there, there was a huge amount of money put towards uh, the um, discretionary grant fund scheme. So, you know, it, it does appear that every time we moaned that, you know, that there was the, the job retention scheme and that's that's come out and that's been extended. That's fantastic. That supported a huge amount of people. There's the self-employment income support scheme again. That's been supporting a hell of a lot of people. Um, are all of their businesses directly affected? You know, can, can, they, can they prove that their business has been directly affected by COVID? The answer is going to be yes for most of those people. So therefore, they're entitled to the scheme if they can meet the criteria. The, the other grant scheme, the, the discretionary grant scheme that was rolled out to the councils and, and, and the councils were given the responsibility to dish that out to their local businesses. Um, and self-employed people. There was no guidance from the government on what each of those local authorities should have done. So they've all taken their own stance. And we're now looking at a 1.6 billion underspend. There's 1.6 billion pounds sat in council's bank accounts right now. And the eligibility for those grants are so tight that only the top, you know, the, the, the top 1% of businesses or something are getting it. And, and all of the grant applications have now been closed. So it's not open to anyone else, despite having money still sat there. The, the, the money that they put, that the Chancellor put aside for the Self-Employment Income Support Scheme. There's, there's one to one and a half million people that haven't claimed the Self-Employment Income Support Scheme. So if there was a budget for it, why isn't why isn't that money being redistributed to the people that are desperately in need of it Mm. the money is still there that's what's frustrating the money is still there and and speaking personally you know had I been eligible for the self-employment income support scheme I'd probably still have a business now my I'd be on the edge (laughs) but my business overhead a four thousand, four thousand, four and a half thousand a month, and that and that grant would have been able to put my business um, into 
hibernation, as we all assumed that it would be from from the end of March. I mean, that in itself is just, and and then, so for me, I genuinely believe it's the way the government is um, sees um, small businesses. That if you're a manufacturer, if you trade overseas, if you employ well over ten people. I suspect uh, the government sees you as a more valid business, of which the vast majority of us don't fall into that category, uh, which is is why uh, we're excluded and why you set it up. Uh, I, I want you've um, you've you know uh, been so honest in in your answers, uh, and I'm really grateful for that. But one of the things that must have stemmed from the community, and you've already kind of touched on this already, but is the the mental health struggles now you've mentioned that we've lost members of the community and i have no doubt that mm. that isn't entirely covid related that you know there are members of the community who have reached the end of their road which you know is uh, just heartbreaking to to read um and and to think about but generally i you know there are there will be uh, a lot of those who are have experienced anxiety and depression who may not have a history of it but mm. may have been brought upon by the situation that their business has been found this year. So how does the excluded community help each other with that? What's worked for you? I mean, again, just going back to being able to talk to people that understand has been the, 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 the biggest thing to help people get through. You know, that, that sort of peer-to-peer I'm at the end of my rope. I've you know, I've talked to my husband about it and he doesn't understand because he he wants to look after us and you know he's fine or you know, I've spoken to my parents about it and you know like you said they couldn't help everybody. You'll get through. It's all right. You'll be all right. Stop complaining. You know that kind of attitude that we get from our friends and family, our, our loved ones. What can you say to them in return, you know? It's hard. It's really, really hard. And and the mental health concerns that we have seen are just heartbreaking. You know, when people feel that they can't share what's troubling them with their nearest and dearest, they suffer even more so internally, you know, and they're keeping it all inside. And I think all of that's building up. And again, you know, going back to what we said before, these, these people are inherently driven successful self-sufficient people <laughs> and, mm. and, and the sense of failure and guilt and overwhelm um and just not knowing where to start you know you know you've got to start again but where do you start when you've got nothing you've got nowhere no help no nowhere to start you know the the the, the bank account's emptying you're running into next year absolutely riddled with debt that you've never had before you don't know when your industry is going to recover you don't know if you're going to be able to get a job if you know you need to get another you know you know you need to get another job you might have to resort to closing down the businesses or you know accepting the facts you've got to move on and let go and go out and get another job and the unemployment numbers are looming every day you know we're in a recession now how do you move on from that um and that's taken its toll on people, significant toll on people. 
Um, and that is one of the, the, the most important things that we want to support as the community. You know, we, we set up Excluded UK right from the outset um, as a non-profit organisation. As I say, we, we knew that this wasn't, there wasn't going to be a quick fix for this. We needed to bring the community together and encourage them to help them each other. Um, because that's the only way we're going to be able to help and get through this is to help each other. Um, we have some mental health and well-being experts in the group who have also been excluded. Um, and we formed a, a mental health and support team. Um, my inbox, along with the other founders' inboxes, have been overwhelmed with the heartbreaking, distressful, at the end of their road messages. Um, I'm not trained to deal with that. We needed to put something in place so that these people had something, you know, and that's where it's driven from. You know, this is what it's all about for us is is making this into a sustainable long term organisation that will help people that have been excluded and are suffering for a long time to come, however long it takes, actually. Your um, it's it, your um, uh, it, I mean, you you say you're not qualified. You, it's safe to say you, you absolutely are not from a counselling perspective, but for the empathy that's so desperately needed for the vast number of uh, self-employed people out there is, um, you, you know, your own experiences professionally, but but what you've done since shows that that you're very much a qualified person, a perfectly qualified person. Uh, and on behalf of all of the, the people that you've, and I don't mean this as a throwaway or lightly, the number, vast number of people you've saved, uh, I, you know, are incredibly grateful uh, for, for what you, the platform you've created to support them and to help them through this personally, let alone professionally. Where does Excluded UK go from here? Because, you know, you said yourself that we hope that this would be a month. It's obviously not going to be the case. We're here and realistically in some form or another until there's a vaccine found. And then, of course, we've got to come out the recession, the other side of that. Mm. So obviously the community is going to continue to grow. You've already got 17,000 uh, or so um, members in there too uh, and um, no doubt growing but where does it go from here where, where what um, other than of course providing that community what pressure are you putting on how do you see excluded UK playing the part in helping those who are excluded be less so so there's a couple of arms to the organization I guess um, the political arm is one um, and we will continue to encourage government to retrospectively support um, the people that have been left out, but also to ensure that there's going to be enough support for these people going forward. We'll continue with that lobbying, I guess, of the, of the government. We've, we've done so well. I'm so proud of what we've done in terms of getting so many MPs on side. Um, the APPG was formed. You know, this is this is a, a, a well-known and well-documented issue in Parliament right now, which is great. Um, we need to keep that up, and we will, um, with whatever it takes ongoing. Um, the community arm will continue to develop. Um, we've got the, the online forum now, um, which is a, a sort of safe haven for people to go and 
have discussions that aren't necessarily the same as what would happen in a Facebook group. You know, the Facebook group is all about putting everybody together into one and, you know, everybody talks to each other and it's, it's, it's live and very real. The, the community forum is about people meeting people for progression, I guess. Um, job, uh, job, job um, vacancies are going in there. You know, people who are looking to get away for a camping trip, you know, recommendations are all in there. On the same side, you've got the feedback from all of the all of the MPs. If someone's written to their MP, they're posting their response. There's people helping each other form responses and, you know, keep pushing. You've got business advice and support people in there. So, you know, we're all helping each other, trying to get our businesses through. We're working also with um, some other charities. Um, so we've got a number of events that are being lined up at the moment that are going to become regular. Um, so we've got uh, a, first a, a community networking, so just coming a networking session so people can meet other people and talk about it and try and get positive outcomes from all everything. The local community element, you know, meeting people like us in your own area, going out for walks with them, meeting meeting people for coffee, um, exploring business opportunities. You know, let's try and get people back on their feet. People are looking at um, their supply chains again. You know, you've got people in the in in the community using other businesses within the community and helping each other through, and that is just so powerful. Um, we've also got. Uh, a couple of additional bits coming down the line. This is an exclusive, Ed. Um, oh, I'm all in. <laughs> we're working with um, a, a company who are going to be providing our members with discounts and and um, offers, I suppose, on things that they would already be paying for. So as a member of the Excluded UK community, for example, you could get 5% off your shopping bills and all of that sort of thing. So anything that we can do to give our community something back. <laughs> um, we're working with other charities, mental health charities, debt advice charities. We've got business support people being set up. We're working really, really closely with IPSI and FSB, so the, the self-employment um, bodies um and we're here and we're helping and we will continue to and if it takes another 14 or 16 hours every day i'm happy to <laughs> you're a, you're a, i mean you're a, you are a, a, and uh I, I think this word is so often overused but i mean this in its purest sense you are truly an inspiration uh, annika mm -hmm. um also physical uh, one as well you're trying to get people to well, I assume not individually cover three million miles. I hope that's not the case. Um, so is this very much about, you know, again, the mental well-being and the physical well-being of, of getting out and exercising again? Well, what's the, the so this is three million miles UK. Yeah. Yeah. So it's our it's our awareness and fundraising uh campaign initiative uh it was actually suggested by an amazing member of the community who said you know why don't we walk from you know the length of the uk uh to downing street and oh like the jarrow march of the, the yeah you know, well stupidly i think i said no we can do better than that why don't we do a mile <laughs> for every <laughs> why don't we do a mile for every taxpayer and uh 
Never change, Annika. Never change. We ended up doing some sums and thinking, well, if we can get 15,000 people doing six miles a week, I think we'll probably do it in a few weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this, the, the, the whole initiative is about getting people off of Facebook, <laughs> um, off of the, the negative. Ironically, given the Facebook community is a big part of what you do. Yeah, well, yeah, but. You know, there's other I know ways. what you mean. I know what you mean. It's 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 like a bit of an oxymoron there, but I, it it totally makes sense. I, I, we want to encourage people to get out and help themselves and make them feel better. Make make themselves feel better, right? The last five months have been this deep, deep hole of hell. <laughs> um, you know, people have been addicted to their to their social media profiles. You know hanging on every word and every newspaper article and every announcement that the part that the chancellor might make um you know and over the summer while parliament's in recess and not a lot's going to happen from a parliamentary point of view let's just get out and enjoy what we've missed you know let's go out and and take our families out and walk and run and cycle and jog and swim or row or ride or whatever it is you want to do that makes your brain sing do it and know that actually by doing it you're contributing to an amazing cause for everybody else that's also doing the same and raising money to help us sustain all of that support mechanism that we want to put in place for these people longer term so again, you know, all of the business support and all the help and mental health support, we've got we've got people being evicted from their homes, you know, we've got people going to food banks. We're in a situation now with the funding that we're raising where we can deliver food parcels because we can pay a delivery man <laughs> to go and mm-hmm. take them food. You know, the, the, the people that are being evicted from their homes, we can help them with legal fees. We can help get them the advice that they need. People that are having to liquidate their businesses and don't have, you know, the money for the right advice, we can provide that advice. We can help them. And as a result, hopefully, everybody in our community will get through this and out the other side. Certainly got a greater fighting chance with your support. You've got people, you've got friends on, on both sides of the political benches who understand the enormity of, of what you're, you know, of the situation and what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The um, the APPG, the all-party political group, it was it was started by Jamie Stone, but um, it's kind of as a result of lots of Twitter bombs um, that, <laughs> that we've done to encourage lots of MPs to just open their eyes and see what's going on in their constituencies you know that's been really important um and it's been really refreshing actually to see that a lot of them have identified you know where the gaps are um and a lot of them from from across all parties um are bringing this to the chancellor's attention um it was very well supported by uh, mel stride um, who's the uh, chair of the Treasury Select Committee. Um, so the Treasury Select Committee even have identified all of these gaps in support. They put, an, they put a paper together um, in June time that identified all of these issues 
and that was presented to the Chancellor too. Um, and his response was that he was drawing a line under the support. So, you know, if Excluded UK doesn't exist, who's going to help these people? <laughs> because the Chancellor doesn't seem to want to. Um, no, absolutely. In this drum. I can't help but feel that uh, if we were approaching a general election rather than the other side of one, then that that's, that support that situation may have changed given the huge yeah. voting pool this support might be. But maybe that's just a cynical um, viewpoint from me. Um, I uh, sit here in utter admiration for for what you've done and the stories you've told have clearly not been easy to tell. And I and I thank you ever so much for being able to share them so so honestly um and uh, <laughs> it's okay though that but then you know you're representing how much your community feels and you know you can't you, you, when you're reading what your community are doing and you said it yourself you know you're not a counselor you're not trained to met to, to to medically support those with mental health issues so what you end up doing, and I, and I say this because I see this in freelance heroes too, you end up absorbing so much of the stories you're reading and, you know, we're not built for that. Um, mm. So, but, you know, you you provide a platform where so many people can absorb parts of it. So much of that empathy um, can be not just um, offered by you, but by offered by the thousands of members you've got too. And I stand uh, as a co-founder of Freelance Heroes. I stand with you in in everything you're trying to achieve, um, and um, uh, and just ever so grateful, as so many are, that um, that that you and your fellow founders and people like you and the thousands of people who employ millions of people who employ staff who are small businesses, less than ten employees who are ultimately what keeps this economy um, turning. And, um, and 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 I'm really grateful. There will be a number of people who want to find out more about what you're doing, a number of people who may have been unfamiliar with the community and and, and want to join and, and offer their support and share their stories too. Where should they go? Head over to excludeduk.org and all of the information you need is there and continue to be developed. <laughs> As we yeah, speak. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm getting involved. I might even run a bit, although not today because there's a storm brewing outside. Um, <laughs> um, Annika Hicks, uh, thank you once again so much for um, for, for um, sharing everything with us today. And, and I'd like, if possible, to talk with you again in some, in, maybe in the new year to, to see as we have, you know, as more layers are stripped off this situation, we get to see more about, you know, where your community is at and, and how it's feeling. Um, but for now, mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Ed. Thanks again to Annika there for her powerful honesty, I think it's fair to say, in how the situation has affected excluded members, but also herself as well. Uh, if you have your story to tell, I'd love to read it. Uh, please do email me podcast at freelance-heroes.com or search for the freelance, he freelance heroes hashtag across social media. Until next time, thanks again for listening. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.